You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Now we come to chapter 10 of Matthew, and uh, at the beginning we have to say that chapter 10 really is a continuation of chapter 9. And at the end of chapter 9, the Lord said, The harvest is great, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest that he would thrust out workers into his harvest. Now comes in chapter 10 the answer to the beseeching. What is the answer? The appointment of the 12 apostles. Prior to chapter 10, you know, the Lord carried out his ministry alone. But beginning in this chapter, the 12 apostles were added for enlarging the spread of the ministry. In verse 1, it says, in calling his 12 disciples to him, he gave them authority over unclean spirits so that they should cast them out and heal every disease and every sickness. Then in verses 2 through 4, he names the 12 apostles and he names them in pairs. Uh, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Cananean, and Judas Iscariot. So we need to be impressed with this principle, and that is, we all must be paired. We need another one to match us. So whenever you're burdened by the Lord to go to a certain place, don't go by yourself, rather go in pairs. If you don't have another one to match you, you'll miss the blessing. In order to receive the blessing, you must be paired. Then in 10, 5 through 15, we have the way to spread the gospel of the kingdom to the house of Israel. In verses 5 and 6, we see that the Lord charged the 12 apostles not to go into the way of the nations or into the city of the Samaritans, but only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And in verse 7, he goes on to say, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of the heavens is drawn near. And to me, this is just amazing such consistency here in matthew 3 2 john the baptist says repent for the kingdom of the heavens is drawn near when the lord starts his ministry in matthew 4 17 he says repent for the kingdom of the heavens is drawn near and true to what he is and what his message is he says the almost the exact same thing to the apostles he says When you preach, as you go, preach saying the kingdom of the heavens is drawn near. So John the Baptist began, the Lord Jesus continued in his ministry, and as his ministry is spread out through these 12, they are still saying the same thing. It's as as they were sent out to preach the kingdom of the heavens, these apostles were authorized to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. Then it goes on to talk a little bit about the practicality. And the practicality is, as you, in verses 12 and 13, it says, And as you enter into the house, greet it. And if the house indeed be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. So the practicality now is they're entering into cities and they're entering into houses for the spread of the kingdom. And we have to realize that when the Lord sends us, 
we have the pres we have the his presence and we have his peace. So wherever we're sent, the authority, the presence of the Lord, and the peace follow us. And this means a great deal. Because to receive the Lord's sent ones, the apostles, means to receive the presence of the Lord and the peace. And to reject them means to reject the presence of the Lord and the peace. So this is the way that the ministry of the king is enlarged. It is now spread from the traveling of one to the traveling of twelve. But we have to realize at this point that there will be resistance to the spread of the kingdom in the form of persecution. In the next part of chapter 10, the Lord prepares the disciples for persecution from many different angles and people. And these, these people include the Jewish religion, the Gentile secular world, and the relatives. We won't cover all of these today, but we'll try to give some application for our response to this persecution. In verse 17, it says, But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to Sanhedrins, and in their synagogues they will scourge you. In verse 17, the Lord spoke of the persecution coming from the Sanhedrin and the synagogues. The Sanhedrin was the highest council among the children of Israel. The Sanhedrin's function was to see that the Jews followed the law of the Old Testament. And the synagogue was the place where the word of God was taught to the children of Israel. Here there's an important principle. You know, when persecution comes, we need to beware that persecution not only comes from the outside world, but also comes from religion. And even a religion that is trying to follow God many times uh, we, we're just knocked off balance by the fact that we get persecution from religious people. But we have to realize this is the example that the Lord gave us right away when he was sending out his disciples, that the first place that you're going to receive persecution from is from the religious people. Then verse 18 says, And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony to them and to the nations. And no doubt this refers to the Gentiles. Thus the Lord, he indicated that God's kingdom would be opposed not only by the Jewish religious world, but also by the Gentile secular world. In, in verses 19 and 20, the Lord said, But when they deliver you up, don't be anxious about how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given to you. In that hour, in that hour what you shall speak. For you're not the one speaking, but the Spirit of your Father is speaking in you. The apostles have not only the authority of the heavenly king, but also the Spirit of their heavenly Father. The king's authority deals with the unclean spirits and diseases. The Father's Spirit deals with the op opposer's persecution. And we should learn to face persecution, not in ourselves, but learn to turn to our spirit and trust the indwelling spirit. We must trust in him. Let him lead us and let him do the speaking. Then in verses 32 and 33, the Lord said, Everyone who shall confess me before men, I also will confess before my Father who is in the heavens. But whoever shall deny me before men, I also will deny me before, I also will deny him before my Father who is in the heavens. Of course, this refers to a kind of future confession. Uh, when the Lord is about to start his millennial kingdom. But there's also application for today. And, and 
what we found in our preaching the gospel is, is that, you know, sometimes you might go out and you might get rejection after rejection of people not interested in wanting to hear the gospel, but you're energized at the end of that time and you're wondering, all I got was rejection. Why am I so energized? And that is because if you confess his name before men, he will confess your name before the Father who is in the heavens. So never, never, uh, you know, base your success on whether people responded to you or not. Our success is that our, that is that we are confessed before the Father who's in heaven. Well, now we just have a quick little section here. This is at the end of chapter 10, uh, where in verses 37 and 39, we see the way to follow the heavenly king. And uh, so there are basically three points in, in following the heavenly king. Number one is not loving our relatives above him. In verse 37, the Lord said, He who loves father or mother above me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter above me is not worthy of me. Our love, brothers and sisters, must be absolute for the Lord. In our love, nothing should be above him. He is the one absolutely worthy of our love, and we must be worthy of him. Number two, we need to take up our cross and follow after him. Verse 38 continues, And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He asked them to take their cross and follow after him. That is, to take the will of God by putting themselves aside. Taking up our cross is to take up the will of God. And then finally, the third point in following him is losing the soul life for, the, for his sake. Verse 39 says, He who finds his soul life shall lose it, but he who loses his soul life for my sake shall find it. And to lose the soul life is to cause the soul to suffer the loss of its enjoyment. If the heavenly king's followers allow their soul to have its enjoyment in this age, they will, this will, they will cause their soul to suffer the loss of its enjoyment in the coming kingdom age. If they allow their soul to suffer the loss of its enjoyment in this age for the king's sake, they will cause their soul to have its enjoyment in the coming kingdom. That is to share in the king's joy and ruling over the earth. And, you know, we see this later on in Matthew 25 where, you know, the faithful ones are told, enter into the joy of your Lord. This is really the gaining of our soul life. We lose it in this age, but we gain it in the next age. Well, that's all for chapter 10, but surely what a rich chapter in following our king and in speaking his message and in facing persecution and, and, and following him.